So we spent a lot of time last night uh, talking from last week's message about almost the whole time of disdain to acceptance. There's a difference between, hey, you don't know how to drive through the roundabout. There can be ways to help you. Here's the flyer versus you are a horrible human being because of this. Those are the differences. It's it's okay to look at someone who is doing something wrong and clearly say this is wrong. The difference is when we disdain people. Judge them. Judge them in a negative because we're because by thinking something's wrong, we are judging them already, but disdainfully judging them, making them less than. That's that's what I'm talking about and that's what we too easily fall into. After I talked about being in the store and the mom takes your kid out and, you know, clapping about them. one guy said, I really appreciated your honesty and openness. And I'm like, well, I'm a horrible person. I tell you this all the time. They just started to go through and look at how much they disdain, how much they disdain what people are doing and, mm. and different things mm. and how easily we fall mm. into that trap. And so we kind of just spent the majority of the time talking about that because it is easy for us to do that. And outreach when, culture. Yeah. And when we, when we disdain people, it clearly shows that we don't fully grasp the gospel. Not that we don't fail and fall and things like that. We all do. But there is a, the deeper the gospel goes into us, the more of a kindness and a grace we start to bestow towards others. But there is an appropriate discernment slash judgment. See, here, here's the conversation last right. night. No, but, I mean, you've, <laughs> no, talked, yeah, yeah. you've talked about that. Yeah. Right? So there is that we should have judgments that are based in spirits work through the scripture. Mm-hmm. But then there's the judgment of disdain. So there's a distinction, you know, right? Of, of you're, you're not just wrong in what's going on here, but you're an evil person. You're you know bad person, right? That kind of judgment that that attacks the person and not the issue mm-hmm. or the the character is attacked as, as opposed to the behavior. Right. Who you are in your person is this rather than this thing you this did was bad. messed up. Yeah. yeah. Well, and also cast, casting those people out as opposed to Jesus who actually walks with us and right. grows us in, in our correction. We are talking about week eight of Ephesians, family remembrance, where we are in Ephesians 2, verses 11 through 22. And we're going to finish chapter two this week, and I could have made it longer, piecemealed it out a little bit more, but really it all goes together because Paul now takes all the things he said about in the first part of chapter two, and now it works into remembering who we were with without Christ, which is kind of what he does in the, in the first few verses of chapter two. And now he uses that to look at the division we have among one another and then how we are brought together as a family in Christ. Remember what it was like when you were alienated from the commonwealth of Israel, meaning God's covenant people. And for us, that would be the church. What, what a miracle the church we live in actually is today. And he says, you know, remember when you were strangers to the covenants of promise that God's rescuing and saving. Remember when you had no hope, you're without God in the world. And too often, I think today, we as Christians forget that in our outrage culture, in the ways that we naturally fall towards disdain. And we forget what we have been saved from. And Paul says, remember that. Remember what it was like without Christ. And then remember what it is like with Christ, because that's what he moves into. But now in Christ Jesus, you are brought in that he has removed the dividing wall of hostility between you 
and other people. And for Paul, he speaks about Jews and Gentiles because that's the entire world. But he talks about how the dividing wall has been brought down in the person of Christ, and now we can come together, and there can be a unity among God's people because of what Christ has done. When we get our eyes off of ourselves and put them onto Christ, that brings unity. Our distinctions are still there. Male, female, black, white, brown, purple, poor, rich, employed, unemployed, whatever those things are, those are still there, but all of our divisions begin to go away because we are first centered in Christ. And that is really the miracle of God's proclamation to the world that the church is this like prototype for what he is going to do throughout eternity. And so we want to be those who learn how to worship Christ first and then step out into the world where we would be built up into this body that worship him and serve one another. So a lot of the questions circle around family. How would you guys start this conversation off uh, wherever you're leading? I think I'd start with, again, kind of following up from last week that we're dead and that, that we're alienated under God's wrath and enemies of God and that this begins with that alienation is broken down. We're able to come back and that we're not alone who gets to come back, but there's multitudes of people who get to come back and we don't always see eye to eye on that. And we have things that we... Divisions like in 15, where it talks about the law and, and ordinances. You know, for the Gentiles, like, hey, I'm free. And for the, the Jews, like, we follow these. Mm-hmm. You know? And it was a dividing point for them. They, they disdained each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think in healthy gospel communities, sometimes there is conflict. There are different divisions about how we see the world. There is usually some people who are conservative, some people who are not so conservative, and that sometimes those divisions can cause a little bit of strife, a little, I'm not comfortable here right now, I'm not there, so that, and this can be a great way to talk about the divisions are are there, are the things how we see the world are there, but they aren't meant to divide us, that, that Christ is central, and if people in your GC, you know, they're having a problem with one another, maybe that's the place where you can go. Is your vision upon you or is it upon Christ in the midst of this? If people are having problems in their family, with their children, with their friendships, and you're both followers of Christ, there is a a difference when you step into discussions and relationship with Christ as the center versus all the things that seek to divide. And so maybe it could be a, a good time of bringing your C, GC back together on the same page around the person of Christ. I think I would want to start with the questions um, touching on, you know, our, our earthly families, because it's what we know for better or for worse. <laughs> I think anything good that we've experienced is a glimpse of just the provision God has given us. But we also have woundings from our families and how we understand our role in that. And I think it's in those places that exactly is where the gospel speaks to us and our new identities and being adopted in. May have to uh, put some boundaries on time limits though. <laughs> Let me tell long. you about my family. <laughs> How much time do we have? And, and it might be a good opportunity to really kind of hone in why gospel communities are important mm-hmm. and why they are different than what some churches call small groups or community groups or whatever else, where it's only a once a week, two hour come and go where you're not sharing your life in, in ways where you you would more like a traditional family where people are rubbing shoulders throughout the week and and you're really integrate 
integrated. What is it? Integrated? Yeah. Yeah. integrated caring for one another and carrying each other's burdens and it might be a really good reset of why it is we call ourselves a gospel-centered community i think sometimes today as well people view the church more like a business what did i get what i needed do i feel good and that view has stepped into the church and we think everything in the church is there to serve me when if you're part of a church and you call a place home, that's your family. And when new people come, they're, you're hosting them into your home. Mm-hmm. And so we need to look at, you know, how do we serve these people how, who have been invited into our home? This is why I'm always surprised when everybody isn't involved in some place in some way, because if it's our home and our family, Pete Newman used to always say this. He used to say, it's, it's your house. Help take care of your house. And we want to invite guests in and serve them. And, but then once the place becomes your home, you start to do that for other people. I also liked in the passage where it talks about peace being preached to those who are near and far. Mm-hmm. Right. Sometimes we feel like, oh, I'm in, I'm close, you know, <laughs> but I needed to have preached peace preached to me as well. And, and part of that peace being preached is through what he is doing in his people, drawing them together as a family. Mm-hmm. It's, it, it should be a community that people say, I long to be a part of that. Right. You know, I long they, to be in the Yeah, they both it. needed to move towards something different than they were in. Yeah. Right. They're, so, they're, both of their identities were wrong. One of the questions in the notes was uh, to read Ephesians 2, 11 to 22. And the question after it is, what are your feelings about what Paul says in these verses? What does it stir up in your heart? And Mike Harmon wrote, wow, that's a very general question. (laughs) Too vague for Wildhaven. By design. Do you feel, uh, yeah. So sometimes the questions are vague. Is there intentionality behind that? Is there, you said by design. Intentionally, I don't know. I didn't write it. (laughs) So you say too vague. Well, it's, that's a big passage. There's a lot in there. Read yeah, that. And, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so you take that and, and you ask, this is coming after the message, right? So, so you've had this message that has talked about this and walked through it. And then you read that. What things does that stir up in you after all of that? Is it the beauty of being part of a family? Is it being drawn in? Is it... What's the dividing line of hostility? What's that? What, it's, what, what gets drawn up? Because those are the things that will then spur your conversation. Mm-hmm. There's a reason why I usually try and start things with a general question. How was your family? Which is, you're well, going to get sidetracked are, on. <laughs> those are icebreaking. It is a big passage, you're right. And there's a lot there, but there are things that jump out at each of us differently, right? And I think, again, that goes back to our own family histories and our woundings. There are things that just seem especially sweet in the gospel to us because of... Yeah, I don't disagree with what you're saying. I, I just see that as a deer in the headlights question. Well, and this, I think, is where every group functions probably differently. Sure. So, like, when if we were to print this and, and you were to get this, what would you do? I wouldn't do that one. You'd just skip over it? Yeah. Okay. yeah. Or maybe alter it or, yeah. You know what's funny is my group would get it and read it and we'd make fun of it. <laughs> Healthy. It is. With no, not dang it, dang it. <laughs> I was going to say with not a hint of disdain. Not, dis, not disdainful. Not disdainful, but what is that even supposed to mean? You know, mm-hmm. And we would talk about it. And But then, in making fun of it, we would start to talk about what we think it was supposed to mean. I mean it, it's okay to talk about what certain questions can even frustrate you and, totally. and which yes. ones you're going to, why you're going to skip these and not even look at this. And that, it, It's all good things. 
there could be some prep work that leaders could do to, we don't ever expect every question to be asked and answered. And no, that's, I've never felt that. And I know we've always talked about that. A leader should take some time to figure out where he's going with the group that he's leading. So we had a question this week about somebody talking about moving away from structured discussion of something like a notes night and just doing things like dinner and develop that way. So what is hard about connecting with others in that way? What what would make something like a a notes night or a gathering together where we actually talk through some of these things, what would make that not feel safe or comfortable or useless? Yeah, what what would make it not feel like that? I think we each have our own preferences. You have introverts, you have extroverts, you like you have people who like structure, you have people that want it to be a more organic gathering. I mean, each of us has that at the end of the day. Are we willing to maybe concede or sacrifice our preferences for the sake of growth together? I think it's easy for us to die on that hill. And the organic is, is the gospel still being shared and ministered to one another or is it just we're sharing our life stories. This is a bad week and, but never getting anywhere towards the redemptive work of Jesus in their lives through mm-hmm. That's why, you know, we break our group. We have social time and gathering and, and it's pretty fun, surfacy. And, but I don't know that it gets very gospel-y until we actually sit down to consider um, the passages from the week. And then afterwards, there'll be more discussion about that because mm. we, we kind of gather front and back. I think, I think ours gets more gospel-y, to use your word, outside of a notes discussion. Well, I was just about to say, I, I think it goes both ways. I've been in sure. more structured times where we're, st- where we're talking about the message from that Sunday. And I'm talking about Sunday times I've led to, okay? So I'm not saying this is someone else's problem. Well, it's probably a lack of leadership on my part where I've walked away without it really affecting gospel. I mean, we could talk about the head knowledge so much. It can devolve into the opinions and it can be devoid of the deeper attaching to God. And I think that that's where... There's a life-giving aspect to the structured when we can get to that point. I fall in somewhere in between, so I structure my GC very differently. We don't have kind of a structured time of gathering per se, and so it's hard in some ways keeping up with the series, um, but it fails in other areas. So I think it's preference, and it's also seasons of life, stages of life, you know, being sensitive to that. I think, I think we've done a good job of encouraging groups to not be as rigid as we have in the past. We've, I think we've softened a lot in expectations, but I I think that's when it really fails Uh, a a structured or non-structured is when it doesn't really gospel in a way that connects the head to the heart. It's okay not to, if you're if you have a notes night and it doesn't go to the place of being gospel-y, if, if there's always other places where that begins to happen. Absolutely. Can I ask them what's the point of that night? If, if it's happening in other places like mm-hmm. dinners, mm-hmm. which maybe what this couple was saying is it hap- for them, it happens more there Then what is the point of the structured? I think the a structured notes night for a lot of people gives a place for people to go to start to connect, to be a part of it, to develop those deeper relationships and to, to talk through some of the things that are there. But then that helps them to, I think, organically start to think through it more so that when there is another discussion, there's, oh, you know, I was thinking about this and we talked about it this week. I can't tell you how many times that's happened. Mm-hmm. That's great. Mm-hmm. 
every Thursday at noon, I see three of the guys in my GC for something else. I have spaces that this that this happens. And I think that's the heart of it is... is like a family would. A family would, yeah. Well, we will be praying that your group this week functions and feels a little more like family and that God works in healing. God works in healing and reconciling and joining us together under his lordship. We'll see you next week. We didn't get in a lot of arguments today about circumcision. But. <laughs> <laughs> it's time to bring it back. Actually, go to mom forums, he will. Just right. I was going to say, there's, there are some. But. Stay off the internet. <laughs> That's that's always a good thing. Stay off the internet. Yeah. <laughs>